Good morning, aloha. Welcome to Waikiki Beach. Hope you guys had a good college football weekend. Of course, I know some of you guys are NFL fans and some of you are college football fans and some of you are both, but I kind of just focus on, I kind of just focus on college football Saturday. So it was a good, good weekend. My son came over and we watched Baylor win their game. It's my my alma mater. Hey, Jane, aloha. So we're reading from paragraph 662. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Now all are, many are called, but few are chosen. You know, the, the scripture verses, Jesus said, I wish that not one man would perish, but that all would have everlasting life. And yet God gives us the dignity of the freedom of choice. We can reject God's drawing. He doesn't compel us. He doesn't push us. He draws us and we can reject that. Aloha Rodney. Hey, Rodney, you got to check in with me, message me. We have the new man cave of the new school of manliness you might want to, you might want to know about. You can mess, personal message me if you want. The lifting up of Jesus on the cross signifies and announces his lifting up by his ascension into heaven. And indeed begins it. Jesus Christ, the one priest of the new and eternal covenant, entered not into a sanctuary made by human hands, but a sanctuary into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God. These are good words that follow. On our behalf. That's from Hebrews 7.25. So Jesus is our our advocate. Jesus is the, the one who stands before God the Father. In fact, when Jesus is in heaven, because we're part of the body of Christ, we're there too. So right now, we're there with Jesus in heaven in that sense. And uh, part of that Trinitarian love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's why when, we're, when we uh, have Mass, Mass brings us present uh, not only to Calvary, but to that beautiful liturgy, that uh, uh, praise to the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ. Did you know that? The whole Mass, we address the Father through Jesus. We always address our prayers to God the Father. Isn't that interesting? Catholic Church is so profound and beautiful that way. There Christ permanently exercises his priesthood. For he always likes to make, always lives to make intercession for those who draw near to God through him. So Jesus is, is our high priest. Uh, he's prophet, priest, and king. All of those things, as well as, of course, being God. As high priest of the good things to come, he is the center and the principal actor of the liturgy that honors the Father in heaven. So Jesus is not only the high priest, but he is the sacrificial lamb itself. The high priest in the days of Judaism uh, in the Old Testament would find a spotless lamb to offer, but Jesus not only is the high priest, but he's the lamb also. That's why it's so beautiful. when you, If you're really a student of scripture, you see how profoundly interwoven all of the different books of the Bible are. You know, the Bible isn't a book, it's a, it's a library of books canonized by the Catholic Church saying this is, this is uh, inspired by God. But it's so beautiful because it all, it all, uh, it all flows, uh, all interweaves together. I remember once I read the New Testament and then the entire Old Testament and then the, the New Testament again in a six-week period. I had a six-week break between jobs. And, uh, and it's just profound how all the nuances of Scripture just are interwoven from book to book to book. 
and the the image of the of the of the of the lamb you know from from the very beginning even in the book of genesis when adam and eve sinned and they covered themselves with leaves no god took an animal and uh and took the skin of that animal and covered them so it's the first death we see in the old testament is that of a of an animal and it's a foreshadowing of the lamb of god so all the way all the way through to the marriage supper of the lamb in the book of revelations isn't it interesting even though many different authors but all inspired by the same spirit the bible if you just read the bible just as a just as a as a as a as a book it, it you know whether you believe in god or not at the end of reading it all you'd have to see how beautiful how could this book possibly be except for the hand of god that wrote it as the high priest of the good things to come he is the center and the principal actor of the liturgy that honors the father in heaven so what does the word liturgy mean Liturgy is when people gather together and speak with one voice the prayers to God. And, but uh, the word liturgy actually means the work of the people. In fact, uh, back in the days of Rome, the word liturgy, the, word, the, the root word was for a public work, like they were building a road. You know, it was a work of the people to build that road. And, you know, it was funded by the people and for the people. So that's what the liturgy, liturgy means, is the work of the people. So. Why do you get up early in the morning and, and pray when you could be getting off to work early and getting more work done? Because your first work is to do the work of the people, and that's to and that's to to seek God the Father, seek Him to give you order to your day, and uh, and stop spinning your wheels. You know, when you when you don't spend the first half hour of the day with the Lord, you're spinning your wheels most of the day. You're not don't have that spiritual traction. You don't have that weightiness of purpose that God puts in the bed of your black pickup truck. Henceforth, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's an Im image of, of uh, power and authority. By the Father's right hand, we understand the glory and honor of divinity, where he who exists as a son of God before all ages, indeed as God, of one being with the Father, that's consubstantial with the Father, is seated bodily after he became incarnate. And his flesh was glorified. You know, the Jews had the Jews were so cool. They are so cool. The Jewish, the Hebrew religion was the only one that really spoke of there being one God. All the other religions, there were all, there were maybe major gods and then demigods, but there was the, this pantheology of gods, this sort of soap opera of gods, in Greek and Roman mythology, and then even in in, in Hinduism and in other in, and in almost every other. Um, uh, you look at the, every other tribal religion, uh, even uh, the, the, the Goths religion, the Celtic religion, all of those had a, a pantheon of gods, but it was only the Hebrews that said, behold, the Lord thy God is one God. What does that mean to us as Christians? Because we can see back in the book of Genesis, the, the, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. And so we as Christians, uh, look at the word homoousios. We look at the word, uh, the, the word for personhood. What is a person? Uh, and we look at um, the unity of three persons sharing one nature. So, as a trinity, it's three three uh, persons sharing one nature. That's what we mean here. When it's just consubstantial. That God is one God. A father, the Father, and fathers by their very nature protect and well love by its very nature procreates right so 
God the Father, God being love, he eternally begot the Son. There was never a time when Jesus was not. He's not the first among created beings. He is eternal. Eternal, that means without a beginning. Uh, love, love, uh, the Father uh, begot his Son. Didn't create him, begot him. And uh, the love the church fathers tell us between the Father and the Son is, uh, is the Holy Spirit. That's why when you see the tongues of fire, I, this my, I haven't read this anywhere. I keep thinking one of these days I'll find one of the early church fathers said it. When the tongues of fire fell on the apostles, the Holy Spirit, it was a cloven flame. So the flame of the, it was one flame, but the, you could see the, the element, you could see like the person of the Father and the person of the Son in that one, in that one flame, the flame of God's love. If God is love, which is what the Bible says, who did, who, who, how, what did he love? Who did he love before he created anything? There was love within the Trinity. Aloha, Martha. Good to see you. Um, as high priest of the good things to come, he is the center and the principal actor of the liturgy that honors the Father in heaven. Henceforth, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father by the Father's right hand. We understand this to mean the glory and the honor of the divinity, where he who exists as Son of God before all ages, indeed as God of one being consubstantial with the Father, is seated bodily after he became incarnate and his flesh was glorified. Being seated at the Father's right hand signifies the inauguration of the Messiah's kingdom. What does Messiah mean? It means to pour oil out. It means to be the anointed one. Yeshua in the Old Testament. We use that word to say Joshua. If you take Yeshua from the Old Testament, translate it into, from Hebrew directly into English, it's Joshua. If you translate it from Hebrew into Greek, into English, it's, it's, it's Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach. What does HaMashiach mean? What does Messiah mean? What does Christ mean? It means to pour oil out. Jesus was God's anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet he also pours oil out. What does oil always represent in the Bible and in the church? The Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the one who is anointed by the Holy Spirit and pours out the Holy Spirit. The fulfillment of the prophet Daniel's vision concerning the Son of Man. To him was given dominion and glory and kingdom. We don't live in a democracy. We have a Lord, we have a king. Although we live on earth within a democracy, we, within our earthly realm, within our heavenly realm, we live in a kingdom. The fulfillment of the prophet Daniel's vision. To him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, <clears throat> and languages would serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. After this event, the apostles became witness of the kingdom that will have no end. You live in a kingdom. Jesus is Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Beautiful morning. So thank you for joining. I just want to take a moment to pray. Lord, we pray all those people that might be carrying a burden of worry today, we pray that they would look up. We pray that you would inspire them not to be heads bowed down, but to look up to you because their redemption draws nigh. Think of hope, one of the three theological virtues they be infused with hope. I think of hope like a wide receiver running down the line for the post, being a post route and looking up over his shoulder, looking up high and seeing that football come down. Just reaching out with your hands and praise to the Lord and receive God's gift. And don't worry about that cornerback that wants to knock your head off because uh, you're going to have a blocker there. God's going to protect you. Just look up, 
your redemption draft night. Receive that free gift of God, that beautiful spiraling football of grace. Catch it, tuck it under your arm, and finish the race, as Paul said, and reach the goal. Makainoa Okamakua Kekeki Ameke Ohana Hemalele. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, go to deepadventure.com if you want to find out more. And press the share button. You can become an evangelist too by sharing this button, sharing this video. Aloha.